I'm Mike Vardy. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash ConVo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there, and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now, you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast.
Big thanks to all of you for joining me this week on the Productivity Hubs podcast. I am Mike Vardy, and with me today, I have Brianna Borton. She is one of the co-authors of The Well Life, How to Use Sweetness, Structure, and Space to Create Balance, Happiness, and Peace. The book came out December 2nd, 2016. And, uh, you know, I really had a great uh, time chatting with her. You know, we talked about the idea of self-automation. We talked about, uh, you know, the idea of a baggage list. Uh, so many really cool things. You know, the book is interesting. When I when I chatted with her, I didn't have a chance to read it. It's full. I, I really enjoy a lot of the messaging behind it. So um, a bit of background on Brianna is that she's a wellness entrepreneur and she's a peace engineer, which I find is a very interesting term. But she inspires people to live extraordinary, healthy lives and create what they want. She learned early on that she was capable of creating her own destiny. And at 23, she opened the Dragon Tree Spa in Portland and now owns multiple spas and businesses. So she's been quite the success, and you're going to hear her story, as well as some ideas behind the the contents of the book, The Well Life. So let's just get right into it. Here's my conversation with Brianna Borden here on the Productivityist Podcast. So any time of year is a great time of year to start to establish a life that treats you well, well, isn't that right, Brianna? Yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining me today on the show. Thank you so much for having me. So you are the co-author of The Well Life, and uh, this book has been out for a little while now. Um, and can you kind of go over the, 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 first off, the reasoning, first off, what's the book about? So for my audience that's not familiar with you and, and, and your work, and what, what's the book about, a little bit about you, but also why you chose to write this book? Because, I mean, let's let's be honest, there are a lot of books out there that kind of dive into some of this stuff, but um, nothing's quite, like, kind of shouted at me, which I don't think is what you intended, but <laughs> to say, the well life, it's, it's like, I, I it definitely drew my attention, so... First, first off, like a little bit about yourself, and then maybe dive into the reasoning, uh, what the book is about, and the reasoning behind, you know, putting it out there for people. Yeah, I'd love to. So, my husband and I wrote the book together, and we started uh, the Dragon Tree, which is our company, thirteen years ago, and we started as a spa, a like holistic spa. He has a background in acupuncture and oriental medicine. And I have a background in Ayurvedic medicine, which is the medicine from India. Mm -hmm. And we came together to create the spa and, you know, it went really well. We added two more spas. We started a line of products. So we have bath and body products and pain relief products and herbal tinctures. Um, And then we started, then we asked our clients, you know, like, we're here for you. We want to help you in any way we can. And what can we do for you? What are, what are you struggling with? What's going on for you? And one of the main things that we heard back was, you know, I feel really balanced when I'm with you, when I'm at the spa or when I'm using your products. But outside of that, I don't know how to create that for myself. Or I see you creating all these things and also having a marriage and children and being happy. And how do you do it? Like, how do you get your goals while maintaining this kind of life? Um, And then a lot of people just saying, you know, I get really overwhelmed and I can't get my goals. And that feels like such a struggle for me. And we really, it really made us expand our definition of wellness because we were always so focused on, you know, mind, body, spirit, wellness in this like very specific way. And we really realized that we needed to expand our definition to include things like 
ease and having an abundant money and having healthy relationships and feeling like you can get your purpose out in the, in the world and live with passion. So when we started looking at like all of these other aspects of what creates a real well life, we realized that we really wanted to help people create that because it's so important and we knew how to do it. So we started dissecting kind of like, well, what did we do? Like, how do we do this? And we came up with this very like elemental system. And I think it's probably because we both have backgrounds and elemental based medicines that made us think of it in that way of creating balance as a balance of different elements. And the elements that really came to us as we looked at what we what we were doing that created that for ourselves and what we saw worked for other clients when we started using it with them were these elements of structure, sweetness, and space and how those things, when we, when they're applied to all areas of our life, really create a balanced life that doesn't mean like balanced, like you're on a mountaintop all day, Mm -hmm. but that you can like really live in this life and have kids and a family and get your goals while, you know, also taking care of yourself and feeling at peace. Let's talk about sweetness. One of the elements that sweetness, something you really hear very often when it comes to like kind of a, a structure or a framework, can you dive into that part of it in, in, in particular a little bit and unpack that a bit for, for everybody? Yeah. So sweetness is all of the feel good stuff. So, you know, being with your children, if that makes you feel good, if, if that's a stressful <laughs> thing, then that's not, and that's not the sweetness for me. I really love it. So like being with my kids and cuddling or, you know, a nice dinner with friends, or it could be, you know, swimming in the ocean or dancing anything that feels like it really nourishes your soul, something that you enjoy doing. And actually, so sadly, I feel like a lot of people I meet are kind of like, wow, I don't even know what that would be for me. So one of the first steps is like figuring out what you love to do if you don't remember anymore because you've been so focused on other things. Um, And then bringing those things into your life really regularly, not waiting, not postponing even till a weekend, not postponing till your vacation, not postponing till retirement, but really getting those sweet things in now every day to do something that you enjoy because there's absolutely no, no guarantee of a tomorrow ever. And so if you're postponing all of the sweet parts of life that are so given to us in this magical way on earth, if we postpone all that, you don't know that you'll ever get it really. And so we encourage people to have those sweet activities really scheduled into their everyday lives. And then also to bring more sweetness to what they're doing. So that's more like a frame of mind to really be able to look at every activity and see if we can, often if we just stop acting and and functioning on this very surface level of things, if we dive a little bit deeper, there's a lot of sweetness in almost everything that we do. If we're willing to be really present and go a little deeper in the moment, there's a lot of sweetness that's underneath everything, even like Excel spreadsheets, which is something I used to hate doing and have now found myself like, oh, the reason for this, like if I can dive into like the why of why I'm doing this before I start the activity, I'm like, oh, this is so that I know how to pay my employees who are doing an awesome job bonuses. And I love those people and I really want to give them money and I want to do this. So it changes something that can just be like a rote activity that you maybe disdain, have disdain for. Mm -hmm. And it can bring that into a deeper part of you and 
allow you to have sweetness in that moment. Let's talk about some of the optimization tools that you can use. And when I say tools, I'm talking about not not tech or anything like that. Like I'm a very big believer in the idea of of you know self automation. I've written about that before. You know, I mean, having tools to help you out is is one thing, but to to start to practice these things so they become you know somewhat automatic in your own mind, building habits and stuff. And one of the things that I've been doing recently, and I started this before. I know a lot of people here, if they're listening to this, it's maybe the start of the year for them. For me, I start my year in September, so. Uh, it took me a bit of a running start to get into the idea of, you know, I need to align my mind and my body a little bit more. I'm, you know, being productive is one thing with the mind, but the body needs to be aligned with that. And you dive into that quite a bit in here. Can you kind of explain some of the, the reasoning that you found, you know, as to why, you know, once you started to do that, once you started to say, hey, let's, let's align things like sleep and, 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 and that kind of thing, uh, that you found that life just overall, you know, improved. It may sound pretty reductive and simple, but I mean... How does that happen? And where do you get started with that? Yeah, well, two things. I'll start with the first one, which is, you know, these ideas. And we go through these eight fundamental things to get your body and your mind really at like a foundational level healthy. And the reason we start there is because it's like build, you can build a skyscraper, but if you build it on quicksand, it doesn't matter. Like it's not going to last. It's not going to have, it's not going to get you anywhere. And it's not definitely going to be something that you can leave for your children. Mm. But if you have a really strong foundation underneath whatever you build, even if you build just like a two story house, it's going to be there for ages and ages and really be useful. And so it's not, it shouldn't be how like high you can get unless of course it's built on a very strong foundation. And the really strong foundation that we talk about is really, and they're all things like you said, they're not like oh my gosh, I've never heard that I should sleep before. Like, of course, you know that you should be sleeping, but we try to explain to people in it. Like the reason for sleeping is beyond just like for your next day activities. It really is to make sure that you're not completely spending yourself because you actually end up being a lot less productive, a lot less creative. It affects so much about your life and it can, in fact, like in affect your longevity in life as well. So these things like having good nutrition and sleeping and playing and being in nature, all these things really nourish our bodies and our minds in ways that give us a very strong foundation. So that as we move on in the book, we start to talk about some much deeper things and some much more goal oriented things, but we don't want to even give that information to people if they're not doing the fundamental things to take care of this vessel that we were given. So that's kind of the first aspect of it. And then the other aspect is just that there's there's definitely this connection between your body and your mind and what is pulled towards you. And it's this idea of, you know, matter existing in thought and in feeling like as getting more and more dense. So there's like thoughts and then feelings. And then you actually feel that in your body. And that's like the densest place that that exists. And so, you know, if you have an intention and we go through this in this book, our book, the, this exercise, but say you have an intention to create a million dollar business. If you have that intention, but every time you think that inside your body, you tense up, there's like your body is restricting that from coming into being. And so we go through a lot of things to release that tension that comes up in your bodies because 
it's like such this pool of information that we're given in our bodies where if you stop and pay attention to it, you can actually release things that would take years of therapy to release if you were only using your mind. So our bodies are really useful in that way that we can get through things so quickly. And and I guess further to that, you could figure out if that intention is even something you should be intending in the first place, right? Yeah, definitely. And I kind of feel like that's like, you know, you can have an intention and all of a sudden in your body, you can feel like a little sick. That is like generally like not a good sign that you <laughs> should be going for that. Well, I mean, for me, I mean, one of the examples is I was working out and I've got this program by a, a, a friend of mine who also has been on the show, Di Manuel. He's got a 28-day, you know, whole life fitness manifesto. I hadn't worked out in a while. It'd been it'd been some period of time. And you were supposed to do high-intensity workouts for 28 days straight. But I also wanted to get back into running. I, I, I shared an article about why writers run. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally am into that. And I want to get back into that. So I was trying. And this is... If you ask my wife, she'll totally say like, I'm, I'm of, I'm of two things. I'm either fairly even keel or I go to ext- one extreme or the other. And I was like, I'm going to run, you know, do the couch to 5k program and do these 28 days. And, you know, I took a step back. I disconnected. I want to talk a little bit about this in a second. And I decided, you know what? I don't need to do it in 28 days because if I try to do it in 28 days, I kind of listen to my body and I recognize that if I don't, if I, what if I took 56 days? What if I did it every other day? Give my body the opportunity to replenish and heal itself on those. And, you know, instead of running every other day, I only run like the three times per week that the program says within eight weeks, I will have been able to run the 5k if I do this consistently. And I'll have the same results that I would have had if I did it in 28 days. And making that decision, I felt, and you talked about ease, right? I felt like this state of ease uh, within myself. Now, let's, I, I want to unpack the idea of disconnecting because I think we live in a world that's really connected all the time. So many inputs. Uh, how do you, do you address that? I mean, I didn't really dive into that too much in the book. Um, you know, I want to talk a bit about the baggage list here in a little bit too. But the the idea of of inputs, so much overwhelm coming at you and the idea of, of all that going on. How, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Because I, I think that, that that can be a real issue of being connected all the time and not taking the time to step back and disconnect. Uh, and that's actually like a huge part of the element of space that we talk about. Mm. You, know, you want space in your schedule and all of that too. But you actually need space where you're not connected to anything but like yourself and like whatever higher thing you might believe in or not believe in. And then you can just be by yourself. Like there's no, we have no, no need to convince anyone of a higher power, but like a lot of people do have that connection feeling and to something else. So if we're always connected to what we call the human data stream, where it's like, there is this massive, like we call it a stream, but it's more like a very powerful river, like flowing into our lives all day long in a way that we could never catch up. Like there's no catching up on watching all the YouTube videos or reading all of the Facebook posts or, and sometimes not even reading all your emails. Like you cannot possibly keep track of and keep up on all of the stream that is coming to us all the time. And so I think a lot of us have gotten into this place where we're like, I want to be on top of it. And so we just are always connected. And it really, when I look at it, I see like, well, we're connected to something, but we're not connected to what matters. And so if we disconnect from the human data stream and reconnect to ourselves, we get this 
we get so much more guidance given to us from our own inner spirit than we'll ever be given by like watching all of the Ted talks ever made, you know? Mm. So though I think that, you know, and those things aren't bad. I definitely am like, I love Ted talks and it can be a form of sweetness in a lot of ways, like to enjoy watching something and like you it's art and it's beautiful, but there has to be the space too, so that you can disconnect and, and connect to yourself and figure out what's really right for you. And I love what you're talking about. Like instead of doing it in 28 days, I'm going to do it in 56 days. That's like making something that was not spacious for you into something that was spacious. And all of a sudden you had ease and you get the same results. And you also get to feel good while you're doing it, which I feel like all of that is so important, but it's almost impossible when we're like stuck in other people's frameworks of things and not taking, not, and instead what you did was like, I'm inspired by this, right? I think this is great information. And that's what we do with each other. And so great. But then you have, you get to then go back into yourself and decide how that's going to work in your own life and in your own system, which is so great. You know, one of the things that, that as I, you know, as I was going through the book, you know, and, and I, admittedly, I didn't read it in depth, uh, cause there's a lot to unpack. It's, it's interesting <laughs> because, because, you know, I mean, my wife's an acupuncturist. So she, you know, she, I mean, one of the things she'll give me the gears about is like, she goes, um, you know, I watched a Tim Ferriss video where he talked about his evening routine and I'm big into evening routines because I'm, I'm more of a, a wolf as Dr. Michael Bruce talks about in his book, uh, the, the power of when, as opposed to a lion, which is an early riser. And we're going to talk a little bit about sleep in the bonus content that we're offering to Patreon supporters. So if you're a Patreon supporter, you're going to hear that a little bit later. You're going to hear that as, as a as a separate uh, bonus episode. But uh, I, I want to kind of, you know, I mean, one of the things that she, she, Tim does is he drinks like an ice, like basically one of those giant uh, metal bo- water bottles filled with ice and then puts water in it. And my wife is like, and he goes and sits in a bath and in like a hot bath. And I was like, you can't do that. Like, that's totally not good for your meridians and all that. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> or all right, I guess, I guess that's. And so why, you know, I mean, I've, you know, I've done, you know, my wife's done cupping on me with when it comes to, because she does that as part of her acupuncture practice. She's very much into TCM. And, and I'm looking at, you know, as I go through the book, there's, there's a, a meshing of philosophies that I see in here. Do you know what I mean? Like a meshing of the different ones. Like you've looked at them and said, okay, well, these, why, why are people so attracted to things that are like Eastern or, or not, let's say not Western philosophies, like why are we more and more people gravitating towards those? Um, is it because our lives are so busy that we're like, Hey, I kind of like what's going on over there. And maybe let's get a little bit more centered. Or is it just, you know, the idea of, um, you know, what, what's, what's going on for me right now isn't working and I need to find something that's going to work, but I want to have like kind of the, a cornucopia to choose from. Yeah. You know, I actually think that the reason that so many of us, so many people are more are interested in, you know, these systems of medicine and healing and mm-hmm. philosophy. I mean, all of it really is because it is really wise and it come it's been it has a really long lineage so and it's not so dogmatic i think a lot of um you know what comes from you know western a lot of western philosophy is steeped in religion that is very um uh, dualistic mm. and therefore I think polarizing for people instead of coming from a oneness um, philosophy background of like Taoism or, you know, Buddhism, like these, 
which, you know, they're separate from the medicine, but they're not in a way. It's like the idea that we, that there's one also then relates to everything else. And I think that we become attracted to that because it feels less separating and more unifying, which I think so many of us now want more than ever to see, we see our world splitting apart and we're like, wait a second, this isn't, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. Let's unify together. And so I think when we talk about like unity in that way, through those philosophies, it's appealing to people. I also think the huge part of it is because it is nature-based, right? So Mm. all of these philosophies were based on watching the natural world. So it's like, why does this happen? Well, let's go back to nature and see. And so it's like looking at our greatest teacher to give us that information. And I think a lot of times now in, especially in the United States and the Western world, especially in cities, we can feel really disconnected from nature. Like we use it as scenery, you know, We might have a picture of nature in our house, but so many of us aren't getting out and actually being in the nature. And so we, I think, I think that there's a missing in us. And so we want to like return to that and see these return to these foundational elements that are going to help direct our life in a way that's going to have the greatest good for us in mind instead of, you know, maybe like the societal good that is given to us. Like, Oh, you want like the house with the white picket fence and then all the things and like the bigger TV and, you know, the messages that we're getting all the time from companies and people that want us to buy things so that we feel like better about ourselves. I think that when, especially when you've already done that and you're like, well, that didn't make me feel better about myself. So what the hell am I going to do? then we start to return to what is true because that's where we're going to find something that is going to really light us up and, and bring forth our truest nature. All right. So I'm going to, I'm not going to push back a little bit here on something that I've found in the book, but I want to, I want to get your thoughts on it because I mean, we talk about intention, we talk about, you know, planning. I know one of the things you talk about and you talk about this idea of the spray method when you come to achieve your goals. And I don't want to, which I love, which I really do like, um, but I, and I don't want to give away everything in the book because people are going to go pick it up and there's a lot of great stuff in here, but I want to talk about the idea of scheduling your tasks. Longtime listeners know that I am not a, a, a proponent of what, of hyper scheduling. And, and let me, let me, uh, cause I don't believe that's what you're doing here, but I want to be clear is when I, when I talk about hyper scheduling means scheduling every moment of the day for a very specific task so that there's no room for, for, you know, margin for any margin. There's no margin. Um, when you talk about this in the book, because you talk, do talk about scheduling your tasks, but you also talk about space, which is one of the three, you know, three elements. Where where is that balance there? Because you know, I mean, I know a lot of people can feel really overwhelmed if they look at their day, their calendar, and they see every moment scheduled. Are you talking about like? you know, like I talk about where it's like theming components of the day so that these tasks can fit inside of it? Or where, where does that come from so that I can kind of unpack it a little bit? We can unpack it for our listeners. Yeah. I mean, we really believe in scheduling, especially if you're not used to scheduling too, which a lot of people don't schedule anything. Fair, Fair point. Yeah. We're talking about scheduling all your tasks because working from a task list, which is like where a lot of people we see are like working from task list instead of putting their tasks into their calendar to actually do them. And instead they have this long task list and they get like five things done and they feel bad about themselves because they didn't get it all done. But you're like, but you could only get five of those things done in a day. So Mm. 
instead of working from a task list, when you move them into your schedule, then you see how much time they're going to take up. And then, you know, I'm going to get these five things done. You can feel good about yourself at the end of the day because you did everything that you agreed to do for the day. And we also really encourage people to schedule in their sweetness and their space, especially at the beginning. Now, for me, I no longer like put in my calendar like to meditate in the morning because I just do. Like mm. it's become it's become a habit. And so I don't need to put it in my schedule. But before it was a habit, I did. I put it into my schedule in the morning. And it, so it looks like a task, right? But it's also, it's actually space. And then I make sure that like my my things are in my calendar with space between them so that I do have margin. And so that I do have that emptiness where, you know, there, if there's no space, there's no room for real movement because everything's real tight. And yes. so creating that space within your schedule is so important. And that's actually why I really encourage people to schedule everything so that you can see it. And you can also then be like, wow, that is actually impossible and possibly move some things off of that day to the next day. Because, you know, I, I, and I think I was so, I did this all the time, especially in like my early twenties, I would be like, I'm going to do all these things today. And I'd have like a list of like 12 things but they were like actually impossible to get all those 12 things done. So now I have like a much better idea of like, okay, this is going to take this long. I'm going to put it into my calendar. I'm like, okay, I can do five of those things. And I'm going to feel good about that instead of feeling bad about not doing 12 of them. And I think what you're saying too, is that because you're creating the space, the space isn't just created between, you know, the, the tasks you're doing, but you're also creating the space so that you can take a look at your, the list of things that you plan to do and have a better sense of, okay, how much can I really do during this time? So, cause a lot a lot of people, when they schedule stuff, they just arbitrarily put it on there or they fill their day and they go through the day and then they run out of time or something pops up and it throws them off. What, what, what I'm hearing here, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that, you know, by giving yourself the space, not just during the day, but as you set up the day and as you're assessing it, you're going to be more realistic with what you can accomplish. Yeah. And definitely making that a part of your week to mm. like schedule your week. You can't, I mean, I think it's really impossible to like have a, a structure or like a schedule that works for you if you never take the time to build it. Like you have to like sit down and be thoughtful and be fresh. For me, it's like I do it on Monday mornings when I'm really fresh. My husband and I sit down together and we write out our structure for the week, you know, and then we make sure that there's sweetness in there. We make sure that there's space in there. We make sure that we're moving our bodies and taking care of our health. So it's not all just related to our goals, um, like our business goals. A lot of it is related to our other goals of, you know, having a healthy family life and having fit bodies and, you know, feeling at peace in our lives. And I think that that's where we need to get to where when you're planning, you're not just planning for the goals that feel like they're going to be money, you know, which I think a lot of us are like so money oriented and I love money. Don't get me wrong. I'm like all for making money, but I think that we can start to forget all of the other things that are really important, like our health and our families. So looking at them holistically and looking at your schedule, that's a, your week that's ahead of you and scheduling it so that it really includes all of those things. So at the end of the week, you've worked towards everything. Awesome. Brianna, before we wrap up, I've got a couple more things I want to cover with you. One is, is, is the idea of journaling. And then I want to get into an exercise that maybe people can do uh, or at least start thinking about uh, to give them something actionable to take away. So journaling is something that you mentioned there. The tail end of the book is, is again, creating space for for that. And um, 
do you when when do you journal and, and how like do you journal in the morning and the night do you, do you like is it and how do you journal because that's something i believe that's really important as well yeah so i journal in the morning and i write like my intention for the day sometimes i write about like any dreams that i had if like they feel significant to me but that's just because i like to track my dreams and i write about my intention for my day and you know anything else that is is just coming up for me that i want to get out so like maybe it's like a feeling that i'm having or if i'm feeling like tense about something i'll write about it just say i'm feeling like tight about this situation and, you know, and then I then meditate after I journal. So I journal and then I take the time to like do a meditation to kind of like release anything that I'm holding on to so I can go into my day nice and fresh. And then at the end of the day, um, I, we, my husband and I do a meditation practice together and then I journal at the end of the day too. And at the end of the day, um, I write down things I'm grateful for. And then I try to write down like any little things that happened with my girls just so that I have it, you know, so I remember it for the rest of my life. Um, and then I also write like a little note to my higher self, like asking, you know, myself to really like show up and be there and allow, you know, it's different things all the time, but it's usually like, please allow me to be more patient or please allow me to, you know, show up in the world to my highest good, something along those lines so that I'm remembering to like have that conversation where I'm wanting to become my best self. Awesome. And, and, you know, I mean, I'm a huge, I only journal at the end of the day, uh, mainly cause I'm again, <laughs> I'm not up early enough to, I need to jump into the day with my morning routine pretty, pretty quickly thereafter, but there's such a power in journaling. And I've, I've written about that many times. And of course my listeners can find that stuff at productivityist as well. But I want to, uh, there's this, this idea of the baggage list, your baggage list. And I want to explore, really explore that, uh, it, you know, I know I want people want to, I mean, they can pick up the book and they can do that as well. But what's the idea of the baggage list and, and why is it, so, why is it important for people to, to really take a look at it and, and, and kind of complete that kind of exercise? So I know it's like no one's favorite. Like I'm always, we always have. Yeah, I like to, I like to, I like to end the episode on a real sour note. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, cause everybody loves talking about their baggage. Um, but it's a real thing, you know, like we can like go through life with like this Pollyanna attitude that like, if we just keep moving forward, everything's going to be brilliant. But the fact of the matter is, is that like, if there are things that like, when you like scan your, um, your past and you, you have these things that like have hold on you, you'll know because they'll come up when you ask that question, like, Oh, are there, is there anything that I have like regret about, or that I have like any like embarrassment about, or like, I feel like wasn't aligned with who I, who I really want to be in the world. When you ask that question, things come up and when, if we just ignore those things and never look at them again, they're just going to be like right under the surface and undermining everything that we do forever. And so we can still move forward, but it's not going to be with as much power as we could have if we looked at what those things were and just started to like unravel them a little bit. Like, oh, okay. Like, and you don't have to like write down every single thing. If it doesn't have a hold on you, like if you look back and you're like, oh, wow, I stole 50 cents from my grandma when I was four and you don't have like any feeling about that. You're like, eh, who cares? Then that's not holding you back from anything, but it could, on the other hand, 
be something that you're like, oh my gosh, I stole 50 cents from my grandma. I'm such a bad person. (laughs) And then you have that feeling for the rest of your life underneath everything else. You have this slightly like, I'm not trustworthy. I'm a bad person. I steal from old people. Like you have that feeling in your body. And so we encourage people to actually go through those things, not to feel bad about yourself, but to have them come up so you can see what's really going on under the surface. And then you can release those things. You can have the conversations. Even you can talk to your grandma and say, Hey, when I was four, I stole 50 cents from you. And I'm so sorry. Like, I love you. And I would love to take you out to dinner as an apology and just make things right. And your grandma's going to love it because she's going to get to spend time with you. And you're going to be freed of that feeling that was underneath there. And so we've done a lot of this in our lives. And I just have to say there are places where when I've asked that question, I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't even know that I still felt bad about having done that. And now that I have it out and I have like had the communication with the person, or if that's not a possibility, I've like cleaned it up within myself to like release it, then I'm so much more free and I begin to trust myself so much more because I trust myself to be who I say I'm going to be in the world. And that really allows me to have a lot of momentum toward my goals. And and to be fair, if, if uh, it's been a long time since you took that 50 cents from your grandma, inflation, that could be at least $4 at that point in time yeah. too. So yeah. you have to take her to a really nice meal, a really nice meal. <laughs> Brianna, this has been fantastic. Uh, you know, like I said, I haven't had a chance to dive in too deep to the book, but everything I've seen, I mean, I love the idea of intention. Uh, anyone who's uh, who's been listening to me for a while knows that I believe productivity is all about, you know, marrying your intentions with the right amount of attention, because without those, you're, you're going to either end up with a whole lot of directionlessness going on or a whole lot of powerlessness behind those intentions. Uh, the well life is, is available now. Uh, people can pick it up uh, at the, the well I think it's the well book.com, isn't it? Is it the well life.com? It well, is the wellifebook.com. And of course, it's available at Amazon as well. It'll be in the show notes. Brianna, where can people find you online uh, so they can follow up and, and uh, start to live the well life beyond just listening to this podcast? Yeah, I encourage everyone to come to our website, The Dragon Tree. We have all sorts of wonderful articles and things. And then if you just want to like know everything I do, you can come to briannaborton.com. Awesome. Thanks again so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. So there you have it. That's this week's episode of the podcast. Thanks to Brianna Borton for joining me on the show today. You can pick up her new book, The Well Life, where all fine books are sold both online and offline. I encourage you to check out the show notes with all the links and uh, all of the, the main subject points that we talked about during this episode. And if you're interested in getting more content, uh, we actually have a bonus episode where we dive a little bit deeper into certain things, uh, particularly sleep with Brianna. And there's actually a bonus offer that comes with that bonus episode. So there's like a bonus within a bonus. Uh, But that's available to Patreon members only. So if you want to become a supporter of the podcast, head over to patreon.com slash productivityist, and you can learn more about that there. You get two bonus episodes per week that's brand new starting in 2017, as well as the regular weekly episode early. You get it a whole 
a little bit of time early. Not a, not a ton, but you get it early, so you get an advanced listening to it. You get two bonus episodes, one with a guest, one with just me uh, talking about certain productivity habits, tactics, tips, stories, what have you. Uh, you'll also get other perks in that lined up if you are interested from various different levels of support. So head over to patreon.com slash productivityist to make that happen. And if you are interested in helping the show in another way, you can also rate or review the show in iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast because that helps myself, producer John Polstra, and the rest of the Productivityist team who works to make everything we do as great as we can. That feedback helps us do that. So thanks to all of you for listening this week. I really appreciate it. And until next time, this is Mike Vardy, the host of the podcast and founder of Productivityist, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. 